Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greer, South Carolina, which is in Greenville County. Uh, As you guys always know, as I always say, please remember to subscribe to the show if you've not already downloaded episodes. That's great. Uh, Leave a rating. Leave a review. All of those things make me very excited when I see them, particularly if it's a good rating and a good review. Um, And of course, all of my contact information is in the show notes, just in the off chance that you don't already have it. Today, I'm going to be taking a listener question, or I'm going to be using a listener question. I I, I say listener question, it's a little bit misleading. I've, I've gotten this question from a lot of different people over the years, and it's a question that some realtors actually take offense to. And it's the question, should I become a real estate agent? Should I become a realtor? And other real estate professionals take offense to that uh, at times because it can imply that you don't think that there is a whole lot of skill to becoming a realtor, right? Um, It's kind of like, you know, uh, you get someone that has bought uh, a couple of properties and sold a couple of properties and they think that they can do that full-time, that's kind of like going to your doctor after you successfully uh, treated your child's scrape and saying, hey, do you think maybe I could become a doctor or a nurse? Um, I I treated this this scrape really well. I used Neosporin and a really good Band-Aid, and um, we iced it, and, you know, I mean, could I make a living doing this? that is what I've heard from some real estate professionals over the years as far as how they feel when they get that question, because we all get it. We all get it from people. Should I get my real estate license? Should I become a realtor? Um, but I, I just want to say, I don't take offense to that. When people ask me, I don't take offense to it. Um, I understand the way this is. It's, it's a career that is unique in that there is a low barrier to entry and it's not necessarily a skilled career from the standpoint of you don't need to uh, learn a whole bunch of nitty-gritty in-the-weed stuff. You know, if you become an electrician, there's all sorts of different things that you need to know to be a skilled laborer in the electrician field. In real estate, it's not that way. It's a different type of knowledge that you need to have, and it's a different type of skill set that you need to have, and and different types of experiences that make you a good real estate professional. The thing is that because it's so wide open, whereas to become an electrician, you have to pass tests and, and all of these types of things. Well, you do as a realtor as well, but all the tests that you have to pass in real estate school do not prepare you at in the least to become a real estate professional. They Basically, they're just focused on the legal aspects of it. Basically, just making sure that you don't get in trouble, that you don't uh, engage in fair housing violations, that you don't engage in steering, that you don't uh, give people uh, legal advice and, and act like an attorney when you're not supposed to. All these different things. That's really the focus of real estate school. And then the way it's set up is that you have to join a broker right away. You can't just 
be, be an independent agent, at least not right away. Um, if you want to start your own brokerage, you can do that down the road. But even that takes, you have to, to uh, be licensed agent for several years before you can do that. Um, but you have to join forces with a brokerage. And then the expectation is that they will train you. Well, listen, let me tell you, most of the brokerages around here do not train their agents well. And I know that because I'm dealing with it. And, and that's the thing. Here's the weird thing, right? You join the brokerage, but the vast majority of these brokerages are not having salaried realtors. These realtors are typically still independent. They're 1099. So you can't be forced to go to all these different classes and whatnot. They might offer a bunch of classes, have a bunch of training, but they can't really force you to, to do all of that because there are some restrictions on what uh, you can force with a 1099 type of uh, type of labor that you have. You, because those people, they are independent contractors. Now, you could say, well, we're not going to send you any leads. The brokerage might say, we're not going to send you any leads if you don't complete these, these courses, these classes. But it doesn't matter. If you bring your own business, if you have your own leads that you're generating, then it really doesn't matter what the brokerage does. So it's, it's, an, it's a strange, interesting thing where it's just different than so many other careers out there because you can you can get into it easily but at the same time you can get into it without having any idea what you're doing um and and i think the part that most realtors uh take offense to the suggestion when someone comes along and says hey i want to become a, a real estate agent do you think i should it's because that there might be that implication that it's easy not just to become a realtor, we all know that, but easy to succeed as a realtor. That's the nub of the question. And here's the answer to that. It's really simple. Okay, it's really simple. The answer is no. It is not easy to succeed as a realtor. Um, there is a stat out there. I don't know where the source data is, so I'm not 100% sure if this is 100% accurate, but there is a stat that's frequently cited in the industry that 70% of realtors are out of the business before their first anniversary of it. Before their first anniversary as a realtor, they're already done. Um, now, that stat may not be 100% accurate, but let me tell you, from my experience, it it is pretty accurate. 70% of the people that I have known that have decided to go out and get the real estate license were done within the first year. And, and by done, I don't mean that they just said, okay, I'm never going to do this again. It's more of a just a coming to terms with reality type of thing where it's like, okay, I've still got my real estate license, but where is this business going to come from? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with this? Um, there's also a statistic that I've read that I, I think that this one is for sure pretty firm that 90% of realtors are out of real estate before their fifth anniversary. 90%, only 10% make it. And so the fail rate in real estate is extremely high. If you're looking for a business that you'll be in five years from now, real estate is is not likely to be the one that that's you're going to cut it in. Just statistically speaking, I'm not being personal. And I don't have anyone in mind as I'm doing this episode, just so that you know. Um, we're just talking in 
general terms. Now, some might argue, well, it's a good market, right? I mean, it, it can't be that hard. And, and this is where it can get offensive for sure when people start throwing that type of terminology around. Listen, it is a terrible market to become a realtor. And this is what's crazy is that so many people are signing up to sell real estate because they keep hearing it's a good market. No, it's a terrible market to become a realtor in. And here's why. There is very little uh, very little supply and a ton of demand. You're like, well, that sounds like a good thing, right? That's what makes it a seller's market. Um, no, here's why that's a bad thing if you're new to the real estate game. There's very little supply. What does that mean? There's not a lot of houses for sale. On At any given time here in the Greenville market, we will have easily two to three times the number of homes, sorry, two to three times the number of, of realtors in our market than we have the number of homes for sale. So what does that mean? That means at any given time, there is... Uh, in, in terms of homes that are actually possible for a realtor to get as a listing, there is a tremendous amount of competition, other people trying to get that. It's not one-to-one. It's not like, okay, this is a market where if you're a realtor, you average a listing. You have you know one listing on average. No, this is a market where the average realtor has less than a listing at any given time. And guess what? On top of that, it's those top producing realtors, those ones that are making millions of dollars a year, they have a ton of listings. So those ones at the very bottom, those newbies, they don't even have any listings by and large. That's just the way the market works out like this. But then, well, what about on the buyer side? Well, on the buyer side, it's even it's even worse in some ways because you get a seller's market now you're showing tons of houses, you're spending tons of time showing all sorts of houses to buyers and then writing up all sorts of, of offers, getting rejected, having multiple offer situations that you're not winning and spending tons of time getting nowhere, not getting paid for that. It's free. It's essentially free labor until you get to closing. And so um, I would say that this is the hardest market to become a realtor in. If, you know, Five and a half years ago, when I uh, when I got my real estate license, if I had chosen this year instead, let's say, or let's say that five and a half years ago the market was like this, I don't know if I would have succeeded. I don't know because this is uh, just an insane market to operate in. We're all spending a lot more time than we normally do um, for the same amount of money, just because of the way the market has been. Now, of course, the hardest part of being a realtor is that it's a commission-only business. By and large, there are some companies out there that offer salaried realtor positions. Uh, to me, that's even worse because, uh, again, you're doing the same amount of work as you would as a commission realtor, but but making a salary. Um, that being said, perhaps some people prefer the stability. I don't know. Um, I will leave that up to you. I have never, I would never consider that route now having been self-employed and not having someone tell me how much I can earn per year. That is a very liberating feeling. And if there's one thing that I'm like, this is, this is the thing, or this is one of the main things 
that makes me think that I could never do another career, that would be it. It would be so hard for me to go back to someone else telling me how much I can earn in a year. Um, But here's the tricky thing about this being a commission type of business. In most commission businesses, you're selling a product that's tangible, right? If you're in car sales, for instance, that might be commission only, but you're selling a car. People understand. They can go. They can see the car. They can interact with it. They can get in it. They can test drive it. If you're in insurance sales, you can show them the insurance policy, the premium, the deductible, all the different pros and cons, compare it to other types of, of insurance and and show them something, show the customer, show the client something tangible uh, to convince them to purchase that product from you. Uh, and, and so you might be bad at selling those things, but the product might be really good. You might be a bad salesperson in, in auto sales, but if your car and your dealership is really great, people are just going to come in off the street and say, wow, I love this car. I'm going to buy this right now. That you don't even need to have much skill in that situation. Now, I'm probably going to, I'm risking offending people in insurance sales and car sales. I know I'm simplifying things, but I'm saying, uh, I'm not saying that you can be successful as a bad car salesman or a bad insurance salesman. I'm just saying that, that you can luck into business more easily in those types of commission types of, of businesses. Whereas as a realtor, it's much harder in that regard, right? Because what are you selling as a realtor? A lot of people, they'll raise their hands and they'll say, we are selling houses. No, you are not selling houses if you're a real estate agent. You are selling yourself. You're selling your home buying or your home selling service. That is literally your value proposition. That is literally what you bring to the table. It is not houses. Now, there are some instances where perhaps a big part of your value proposition is that uh, you bring unique houses to the market or something like that, and, and so that could help your buyer clients. That is very rare, and that's definitely not something that most of my listeners that could be considering becoming a real estate agent would be able to say. Um, so you're selling yourself and your service to potential clients. And here's the thing. Every single person you know, and, and those are your initial clients, right? People that you know are the, your most likely initial clients, not people just off the street. The people that you know, everyone that you know, has at least five to 10 friends that are realtors. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, and And those people, those five to 10 friends of your friends, are your immediate competition, you have to ask yourself, how am I going to differentiate myself? How am I different than those people? What is it that I can genuinely offer a potential client that those other five to 10 other realtors that they already know can't offer them? Ask yourself that question. Think about that question. If you don't have an answer to that, then real estate might not be the right profession for you. Uh, so it's hard to, to build the business because of how competitive it is. Because at the end of the day, I might have a client that uses me for one transaction, and then the next transaction comes around, 
and that client says, oh, you know what, my uh, nephew Joe, he just became a realtor, and I'm going to give him some business. I just want to support him. And I may have done a, a heck of a job for them on their last transaction, but now they go back to Joe just to help out their cousin. Again, that's how it works. That is the, the, the problem, the difficulty, when everyone knows so many realtors, they have relationships with some of these people, and uh, it, you have to win out over those relationships and went out over other things. There are obviously a lot of realtors out there that are basically cutting into their paychecks. They might be offering, for instance, flat fee type of listing services and things like that. And that's that's fine if, if they want to do that. They are allowed to do that. But those realtors, they can't make a living full-time doing that. So they're literally, they're taking away from themselves. And I, and I know some realtors like this that do that. And they do like five other things because they can't make a living uh, actually, you know, cutting off their nose to spite their face like that. Um, and But it also makes it challenging for us because they will uh, poach some business from the rest of us. They will snag some, uh, some of that low-hanging fruit, people that are just looking to save a little bit of money. Um, and then that ends up making it even more difficult and even more competitive for everyone else. And this is why so many real estate agents flame out so quickly. Because here, here's the reality of the situation. You, you go out tomorrow and you get your real estate license. It doesn't work that way, but let's just say theoretically. Um, you get your real estate license tomorrow. You're a brand new realtor. Most people don't want to use a brand new realtor. And the majority that do only use them for relatively safe, inexpensive transactions, safe, inexpensive transactions. I know that my nephew, Joe, he can't screw this up. I mean, this is an easy one. It's, we don't have a whole lot on the line. This is just, you know, a rental property that I have in Po Mill. I'm just going to let Joe list this. It should be easy. Or, or I'm looking at this rental property in Po Mill. It's simple. I already know my lender. I already, I have my inspector from last time. Like Joe's, Joe can just kind of step in and and basically not do anything and get a commission. All right. So that is typically the type of business that you get uh, when you're a new realtor, right? Um, And so obviously, usually these are buyer clients. Most people don't use a new realtor to sell their home because they want to get the most amount of money for the home that they're they're selling. Um, And so think about if, again, if you're in this boat of, I would consider becoming a realtor. If you're in that boat, think about how many people you have in what we call your SOI. That's your sphere of influence. If if you're not familiar with that terminology, your sphere of influence, your SOI. And and your sphere is like everyone that you're connected to in some way, your friends, your family, people you went to school with, people that you have networked with, people that you've had lunch with the past couple of years, people that you met at that weird get-together in in this or that, people in your church or organization that you're a part of. That's your, your SOI. All right, so think about all of those people. Now, think about how many of them are going to buy a house the next year, okay? Think about that for a moment. Now think about how many of those people 
that are going to buy a house next year are going to buy a cheap, quote-unquote, safe house next year. Now, think about how many of those people you think you could convince to use you as a realtor because you have a better value proposition than the other 5 to 10 realtors that you would be competing with to get their business. There you go. Is that list big or is that list small? If it's a big list, that's a good sign. That actually might mean, you know, the the whittled down list after you whittled it all down. If you're like, and and by the way, apologies if you hear my my dog barking. I recently got a puppy. She's excited about something. Um, if if after you whittled it down, you're like, okay, this is actually a pretty big list. Um, well, that's actually a really good sign. That actually is kind of uh, a, an inkling, kind of a possibility that you could succeed in this business, that you wouldn't be a part of the 70% out in the first year, that you wouldn't be a part of the 90% out after five years or, or before five years. Um, if it's a small list, which is for the vast majority, um, that's not the end of the world, but that's certainly a red flag. And here's what most people don't realize. They think realtors, I don't know, I don't know if this is like an HGTV stereotype or where this came from, but they think that most realtors just kind of sit back and just get new buyer clients and new seller clients without really doing a whole lot. We're just sitting at our computer or in our in our sports car, just on the phone all day, just doing deals, just making money, and boom, it's just, we're just racking in the dough, having closings all week, getting new leads all week, and here we go. Um, I'm going to make $25,000 just this week, and what did I have to do? Not a whole lot. Uh, No, that is not at all what it, it really looks like for the vast majority of realtors out there. Uh, Honestly, and and this will come as a surprise to some people that haven't been in sales probably, the majority of the work we oftentimes do is not actually involving a real estate transaction. In a, a lot of ways, the majority of work realtors do is actually trying to just find clients, trying to actually build their client pipeline and trying to build their business, similar to how a car salesman, he spends a lot more time talking to people about cars and test driving cars with with potential clients and doing all of those things than she or he actually does doing the paperwork to help someone buy a car, right? It, it, you have to lay the foundation before you actually get there to closing. And, and the thing is that that foundation has to always be laid. Previous business I was in had uh, ongoing type of client relationships. The previous work I was in before I became a realtor had ongoing client relationships. You just had to nurture and cultivate those accounts. Okay. As a residential realtor, you don't have, for the most part, accounts. You're constantly having to rebuild your pipeline and keep building it out, keep building it out. And yes, you will have repeat clients, but those repeat clients, it might be 10 years in in between transactions. It's probably going to be at least a few years. Now, if you get investor clients, that that could be different, but investor clients are some of the hardest to deal with. So that's not nece- that's not necessarily how you want to be building your business either. Um, at the end of the day, the 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 people that are most successful in real estate as realtors are the ones that have 
a big list of people that could become potential clients clients quickly. Um, but like I said, there is constant work that needs to be done to continue to lay the foundation, to continue to, to sow seed in the ground in order to reap a harvest. Um, and so I'm networking constantly. I'm constantly having meetings. I'm constantly getting together with people. And usually a new client lead, quote unquote, does not become a client for at least six to 12 months. Six to 12 months. I might meet with someone and then a year from that meeting, they tell me, hey, I'm ready to, um, I'm, I'm ready to, to look at a house and, and I want to meet with you to, um, to see if, if you might be a, a, a good option for me, if you might be a good realtor for me. That's a lot of time. And so you have to be thinking really far ahead. And this is one of the hardest things about this job for me is that when I get so busy just with the transactions, I have to find time to continue to network, to continue to reach out to people, to continue to um, to avail myself and, and remind people that I'm in this business so that I don't just all of a sudden find that my pipeline is dry in six months because that can happen very, very quickly. All right. If you're still like, hey, that this still doesn't sound that bad. Um and, and maybe you're like, you know what, I just want to do this part-time anyway. This, you know, I'm not looking to make, you know, $200,000 a year. It, it would just be nice if I just made twenty dollars or $25,000 a year. Um, and, and would it hurt to just try? Okay, well, let's, let's think through that. Let's talk about that. First off, let's think about all the expenses. You've got for starters, getting your real estate license. I, I joked before about getting it tomorrow. You can't get it tomorrow. You have pre-licensing. This is a, a few weeks of classes you have, have to pay for. Post-licensing, more classes um, that you get after that you take after your first year. Um, you've got more training that you have to do. That's time, potentially money. Uh, you might have to get certifications in order to show that you're legit. Again, time, money. Uh, there's fees that you have to pay to your brokerage that might be ongoing office fees that might be uh, all sorts of things transaction fees uh oh don't forget you have to split your commission with someone now there are some brokerages that that have uh 100 commission splits but there's usually all sorts of other fees to offset that um and so you're gonna have to split your commission or pay high fees or something like that uh, with whatever brokerage you go with. Um, you'll most likely want to run this business through an LLC. I'm not a legal expert, but I've heard that that's the best way to do that. Um, well, then that adds potentially accounting fees. Um, or maybe if you do your own taxes, it adds a layer of complexity to your taxes that might cause you to mess them up and then get audited and then get in trouble. Um, it potentially means that you need to purchase insurance for your LLC. That's another fee. Um, remember, representing buyer clients and, and even sellers as well, um, in this job, you spend a lot of time in your car, which means mileage, wear and tear, gas expenses, all sorts of things that you have to factor for. So it's expensive to be a realtor in, in a lot of ways. Um and it's really, really hard. I, I mentioned twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year. It's hard to make twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars in a year. 
um, it's easier in a lot of ways to make like fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year. Because if you're already making like twenty five thousand dollars a year, you've done several transactions, which means that you've got probably several more that can be done if you just work a little bit harder. Most people they either make like mm, zero to five thousand dollars, or they make you know fifty sixty thousand dollars. There's not a whole lot in the middle there, because like I said, you're either getting yourself out there, doing all the work, getting business, getting repeat business, getting referrals, or you're just not. And if you're not, then you're you're not running a business. You're simply snagging clients here and there from other realtors uh, every now and then. Um, now, if you're still interested, even after all of that, you need to consider the emotional toll of the job as well. And yes, I said emotional toll. That might sound ridiculous. Um, it's not the first thing that comes to mind when people think about real estate. But listen, uh, being a realtor is substantially more stressful than it looks like on HGTV. HGTV and all these different shows that depict realtors, it's hilarious. It's completely unrealistic. Have you ever been stressed out? You personally, you the listener, have you ever been stressed out by a real estate transaction that you've been a part of, ever, or perhaps stressed out by the process, frustrated by the process of looking at multiple homes and and not being able to get one under contract, or trying to sell a home and not and not having a smooth process, um, not being able to get a contractor out to do the the work on your home to get it ready to list or whatever the case may be. Have you ever gone through that and been really frustrated, really stressed out, really agitated, depressed, etc. Well, if that's true, imagine going through three to four to five or more of those of that feeling at the same time. Because rather than it just being your one transaction, now it's for all of these people. You've got a bunch of transactions that you as a realtor are having to emotionally manage And trust me, you cannot just detach yourself from that. You cannot be helping your clients through an emotional situation without feeling the emotional tug that's involved with that. Um, Now, if you say, well, no, I've never been stressed out by any of that. That doesn't really um, impact me that much. Well, it's going to impact your clients. Place yourself in the shoes of most people whose house is both their current shelter for their family It's a place that has a lot of memories and emotional experiences, um, and it's their most valuable and most expensive asset and investment. There is a ton of intense emotion associated with all of those things combined, and all of those things combined are what a typical real estate transaction looks like. Can you handle that? Maybe you can handle one at a time, but can you handle running a business where you're having a bunch of those at one time? Can you handle a business where you're on call 24-7? Yes, we are on call 24-7. You say, well, I'll just tell people that I don't answer my phone after 6 o'clock. Good luck. That's what I'll tell you. Good luck. You want to turn off your phone on uh, New Year's weekend? Good luck. Go for it. See, see if that works out for you. See if you can run a business that way. Um, and if you're still interested, 
you're like, I've, I've heard all of this, and I'm like, yes, let's go for it. Okay, are you qualified? A good realtor ends up doing some accounting stuff, but we're not allowed to be like actual give accounting advice or tax advice, but we have to kind of be an accountant. We have to do some attorney-ish stuff, but we're not allowed to give law advice or practice law or, or do anything related to law. We have to kind of provide some financial and investment counseling, but we're not allowed to actually do financial counseling or investment advice, but we kind of have to. Uh, we have to do a ton of admin. Are you good at admin? Are you going to pay money to hire an administrative assistant? Obviously, I've alluded to a ton of networking. Devote time to networking. Understand you're going to have to buy people lunch, buy people coffee, buy people beer, whatever the case may be. You're going to have to do that. Uh, marital counseling. I mentioned it's emotional. You will have to do marital counseling. It will happen if you're a real estate agent. Are you prepared for that? Again, you're not allowed to provide marital counseling. You just end up having to do it. <laughs> it's just the reality of the situation. Um, you have all of that. Do you have a large reserve fund? If you plan on this being a major part of your household income, do you have a large enough reserve fund to go for, for several months without a single closing? Because that will happen at some point, at least. It will for sure happen. Um, does that sound like something that you can handle? Can, can you handle the stress of going several months without a closing and, and looking in the pipeline and being like, I don't see anything coming up anytime soon and knowing that you just have to keep working it keep working it and hope that business comes down the road i know that i've painted this kind of negatively not because i want you to have a negative picture but i want people to see the other side of it because most of the discussion about being a real estate professional is that it's easy it's a way to make a lot of money Without being very skilled, without being very, without having to get a bunch of qualifications, having to go to college, all these different things, uh, there's a whole nother side of it. And if you heard that whole nother side of it, and you're still like, you know what, I'm all in, I'm ready for this, I can do this, then let me know, let me know, because I would like to to talk to you, not to talk you out of it, uh, but you might be a a good fit. Uh, to come to the company that I'm with. And I don't get anything out of that. I don't benefit from that in any tangible way. I just like to help people. I, I like to to talk to people about real estate and, and help them get their footing in it. Talk to me about it. I'd love to, I'd love to discuss it with you. Um, there, there are plenty of places that could be a good fit for you. I kind of have my ear to the ground with not just my company, but a lot of other companies as well. So I can help you in that regard. And I'd love to, to discuss that with you. And so we will end with that, that if you want to discuss that with me, all of my contact information is in the show notes. As always, rate, review, subscribe to the show, and have a great rest of your week. 